0: A quick content warning. This episode deals with anxiety and depression. I'm sitting on the floor next to a mattress that's leaning up against the wall. I just ate half a bag of chips in a matter of seconds. I can't decide if I'm Doing this to self-harm myself or to self-soothe myself or maybe both my anxiety has been so bad lately that I can't I can barely do anything I've been breaking out into hives every time I go outside I feel I don't feel hopeful. I feel like I'm losing who I am. I feel like I'm. like I made a mistake. I'm here, I'm in a new house. Well, the house is old, but it's new to me still needs to be painted everywhere I don't really feel safe here yet because I'm not sure if I belong here I'm not sure if I want to be here I'm not sure if I came here for the right reason having a really hard time just just getting through the day i just feel so tired i feel so alone i feel gross Probably from the chips. Probably from all the paint fumes I'm inhaling right now. I've been meditating like three times a day because it seems to be the only thing that stops my whole body from being in intense pain because my anxiety is so severe that I feel like I'm clenching my entire body all the time and then the more I'm in pain the more I feel like I'm actually dying the more anxiety I have I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I just feel scared all the time. I'm scared that I'm never gonna not feel scared. I'm scared that I'm never gonna feel safe and calm. I don't even know what it's like to feel calm. Do people actually feel calm? Is calm a thing or a myth? I don't oh. just really hard. I recorded this on my phone a few months ago while I was having an anxiety attack. I wanted to document what those moments feel like because when I'm feeling fine I forget how bad my anxiety can get. When I'm feeling okay I can't relate to the anxious version of myself. I look down on her I asked myself why she couldn't just get over it, get her act together, get through it. That's the cruelty of anxiety. It's hard to appease when you're in it, but easy to forget when you're not. I hadn't originally planned on adding this segment to this episode. But then again, I originally planned on airing this episode months ago. I planned on finishing a lot of things months ago. But when you make plans, your anxiety laughs. So I'm sharing this now to explain why some things have taken me a little longer lately. Why I've been so slow at answering emails. Why I've canceled plans. Why I haven't quite seemed like myself. It's hard to admit to people in your life that you can't do the things you want to do because you're too anxious. It's even harder to admit it to yourself. So this episode is about that. The feelings we hide. The things others don't see. The feelings we're ashamed of. Maybe if we talk about them a little more, they'll hurt a little less. I'm ambivalently yours, and this is Rebelliously Tiny, a podcast where each week my co-producer Hannah McCaslin and I invite a special guest to help us respond to one of the thousands of personal questions I've received on social media. In a world that teaches us that strength is loud, harsh, and masculine, this is a place for those of us whose struggle is both impossibly large and rebelliously tiny. Here's the question that inspired this week's episode. The message has been slightly edited to ensure anonymity. I have a great life with a supportive family and a wonderful boyfriend. I do good in school and have a lot of friends, but I'm sad. Not all the time, but sometimes at night I just lay down and feel empty. I think it's partly because of my anxiety that just keeps me constantly worried about my loved ones. I'm not depressed, just sad.
1: So my name is Freya Bennett, I'm the co-founder and director of Ramona Magazine for Girls, which is an empowering feminist uh, magazine and we're kind of expanding into being for young women as well because we've noticed we've got a lot of um, followers of kind of all age groups. Uh, I'm a musician, artist and currently raising a tiny feminist um, in Melbourne, Australia.
0: Freya has always been a loyal supporter. Ramona Magazine was also one of the first publications to write about my work. She is also a mother, with the type of kind and caring social media presence that we all need more of in our feeds. At first glance, Freya seems to have her life together. But like most things in this world, what we see online is just part of the story. So I felt like that was kind of an interesting question, and in a way it kind of made me think think of you because you know I follow you on all your social media and you know at first glance you seem like you really like have it together you know you're running this great magazine you have a super cute little family um and but but I I know that like there's always extra layers to everyone's life so I thought maybe you'd have things to say about this
1: absolutely this is so it's like I could have written it like at any stage in my life so far um and I feel like that's the thing with social media like I'm really I guess we only put forward what you know looks good and even subconsciously we do that so I, I don't really look through my feed and think oh wow I look so put together and I look so like everything's happening like I have all my anxieties and insecurities and I look at other people's um feeds and you know I find a lot of creativity on Instagram but i Think there's a lot of kind of, oh my gosh! Should I be doing things that way, or I want to do that? And it does it definitely doesn't help happiness. Um, and with the anxiety um, aspect of it, I feel like, especially the like this this whoever wrote this um, question, it's I have so much fear about my loved ones as well. And uh, so yeah, I, I don't have any like <laughs> answers for that aspect of it but for me um since I was a little girl I've always worried about loved ones and I, I wonder what that is I wonder why there are there's such a fear of I guess people dying um or or leave abandoning us when we are safe it's it's an interesting interesting kind of thing I wonder if it's common like I used to think it was just me but I, I wonder if it's quite a common theme
0: yeah, I mean, me too, when I was a kid, I remember, like, if my mom went out to the store and she took a little longer than she said she would, which she always did, because she has no concept yeah. of time, I would always be convinced, like, that's it, she's dead, and I'd be sitting in the living room, like, preparing myself mentally for the cops to come and tell me, like, your mother has has been in an accident, or whatever, and... Oh,
1: it's... Yep, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still get that, like, I still, and it kind of... You know, depending on how I am in my life, and um, like in 2016, I had a miscarriage at the start of the year, um, or in April, and my anxiety just spiraled out of control. So my mom lives two hours away, and she has, you know, she has to text me when she gets home, and if she takes a little longer to text me, I just I have a panic attack sometimes. So it's um, it's interesting that that's quite common, and I wonder where we actually. I I had been thinking about this, and I think I know one of the reasons we all have this fear, and it's Disney movies, because in Disney, the parents are always dead, or they die (laughs) during the movie.
0: (laughs) It's true. Disney movies are just traumatizing us, like, yeah, showing us our worst fears. It's
1: it's always the mum, like, or both parents, but definitely in the Disney movies, I don't know if there's any Disney movie where the mum's alive.
0: It's true. It's really yeah there's like a really they have a really strange fetish about like killing mothers
1: that's that could be like a whole thesis topic i reckon
0: (laughs) (laughs) we've heard people talk about it we've seen the media headlines we've been warned what we see people post on social media is not the whole truth it's a curated polished and filtered version of the truth We all do it to some extent. We make choices about what we share and what we edit out. But when have we ever shown the world the whole story? Even when we were interacting with people, IRL. There are always parts of ourselves that we hold back and other parts that we emphasize. Perhaps those editing choices say more about who we are and how we're feeling than the things we actually share you're a, like a relatively new mom and you but you're still like seem quite active like running Ramona magazine and um I guess I'm curious just how how you're dealing with all of that and like also being a feminist and being a mom I feel like sometimes that can be a little tricky to put all the pieces together
1: definitely and it's been um a huge shock I think for me cuz I've always wanted kids and um I thought I'd have them you know I'm 31 when I was younger I was like I'll have them by 25 and I was so into having kids and I'm glad I waited till 31 um because it's such a shock and you really can't just keep doing life the same way and for me like it was I mean I'm obviously am so happy that she's here and I wouldn't change anything but I was just like oh my god I can't do anything myself anymore it's um you know, I'll maybe get half an hour to quickly do Ramona or go on Instagram. And for someone who's creative and wants to be doing a lot of things, that can be quite tricky, especially when you're, um, I guess, you're meant to – she's crying now (laughs) – especially when you're meant to be enjoying every moment of their life. So, you, you know, I think a lot of people are saying to me, don't worry about your other creative stuff because creating a human is the most creative thing you can do and while that's true it's not really fulfilling in my own creative um, needs I guess so yeah it's been an interesting balance um, and she's six months now so it's kind of getting easier and I'm getting used to used to it all but yeah and and the feminist thing is interesting because I'm being a stay-at-home mum and it's I feel like um, if I could go back and give myself any advice it would be try and save up some money so that you and your partner can stay home Mm -hmm. um because that is one of the hardest things is just being solo most of the days and it does feel like you kind of have to let your feminism go a little bit because you're doing all the housework all the baby stuff um and it can be infuriating sometimes
0: yeah i mean i can't even imagine um and i think that like it, coming back to the question and this idea of like happiness, I think that as women we're taught that like there are certain things in life that all that will bring us like ultimate happiness like yes. and like marriage and children is often like especially in Disney movies again like the end goal yeah. um yeah. and I think that if we have those things. And still aren't happy or if you know like this person has like a boyfriend and friends but still isn't happy even though they have all the things that they were told they should have to be happy it can really create like a weird it could just be tough to like wrap your head around that I think feminism is full of stories like this stories of women who are not made happy by what is supposed to make them happy this is not to say that unhappiness is everywhere, but rather that the expectation of happiness, the expectation that women should smile and the world will smile with them, is what puts so much on hold, a life on hold. The expectation of happiness does not necessarily create unhappiness, but it might make unhappiness harder to bear. Sarah Ahmed, Living a Feminist Life
1: I was having a think about this question and I was I was doing some research online and I feel like we have this whole um I think I don't know if it's social media or just society it's like happiness is the ultimate and we all have to be happy and that's kind of unrealistic we can't be happy all the time and no one is happy all the time and all these other emotions are really important so sadness shouldn't be i mean if you're constantly sad then maybe something needs to change or you need to work on that but i feel like sadness if we ever feel any kind of glimpse of sadness it's like oh quick do something I, you know i can't be sad sad is bad but i feel like sad is a really important emotion i mean it's there for a reason and um i feel like fighting it constantly which you know i'm always doing fighting not feeling happy that's a bit (laughs) clunky sentence. so yeah if i'm constantly fighting to feel happy it's just gonna delay it even more and i feel like we're when we're just always going to have ebbs and flows of emotions um and yeah i think there's a real problem with like promoting happiness as the ultimate and only goal and having to achieve happiness and then I mean once you achieve happiness so then are you like on this happiness level that you'll never get off like (laughs) it's such a funny um it's a funny thing yeah
0: yeah and I think that sometimes my anxiety manifests that way that I'm like okay I have to get all these things done and figured out and then like I'll be happy or or then like everything will be okay and always like working towards this end goal but then when you stop to think about like but what is this end? like then what
1: it's always going to be something more and I think that's just human nature because otherwise we wouldn't have survived um if we were like just content constantly we'd be like oh well I don't need another meal and then just die (laughs) (laughs) um and we've always wanted you know better ourselves which is a good thing but I think it's getting worse with um social media and this constant like we can get instant gratification so instead of like you know slowly working on a project that can take a while we do something that's really quick and you know put it up on social media and get lots of attention for it and I'm definitely addicted to that myself and that's something that I want to work on is kind of slowing down my life and I was reading that I think when you're on social media you get a hit of dopamine so you feel like it makes you happy and when you get like a comment or a like it gives you that kind of like dopamine hit but I think it then takes away the other, what's the other, is it serotonin? Um, is there's another happy hormone. So when you've got dopamine, it kind of eats away at your the actual happy hormone, that the natural one that we're meant to kind of, uh, that's more slow burning. And so I think that, yeah, that's, that can be a problem in, it's always a problem for humankind, but I think it's getting a little bit worse and we need to work on how to slow down
0: it seems like everything advertised to us promises some version of happiness as the end result. Dress like this, eat like this, look like this, live like this, and you will be happy. It gives the false illusion that happiness is an attainable and fixed end goal. This cult of happiness overshadows the importance of every other emotion we feel. Emotions that are there for a reason, that, if left unattended, will just keep piling up and weighing us down. You know, I've, I, I used to be really, really engaged with, like, people online and, like, making lots of drawings and, like, posting a lot, and, you know, there was, there was a really great aspect to that, which I really enjoyed and which really built my work, but I also reached a point kind of of exhaustion where i was like i can't like it's take it's taking too much it's like draining me to be constantly like reading the comments and and you know seeing what's happening so yeah i think like balance is really important and finding ways of yeah finding balance in your life between like the online world and the real life world
1: yeah Yes, I think that, yeah, and it's a really hard thing to do, especially because I'm 31, I grew up without all this stuff, so I do remember a time when I would really enjoy a weekend where I'd be reading on my bed or, you know, writing in my notebook because we didn't even have a computer, Um, and it was that kind of slow, like, you know, I wrote a story and it really took time, but I feel like growing up with social media and, you know, instant gratification and computers, it must be really tricky to kind of know how to step back and how to,
0: slow down me too like as when I was a teenager too I didn't we didn't have the internet I didn't have like obviously a smartphone or whatever and I would just spend hours in my room like but there was also something really like nice and slow and quiet about that like I spent a lot of time like thinking things through and I know that now I often use social media as a way to avoid thinking things it's like I start just like scrolling to distract myself and I think that yeah, there's there's something, it, it's important to step away from that sometimes, and even in my work, like I'm trying to work on projects that are a little bit more um, long form, like this podcast, you know, it, it takes me like a year to do a whole podcast season, and I really have to think it through, and there's a lot of steps involved, but there's something within that slow process that makes an end result that I think is a little bit more thoughtful or a little bit yeah a little bit less fragmented and quick
1: yeah and i think that's i love that idea of kind of doing something that takes a while and i'm i'm the same with um social media and often when i'm anxious about you know a loved one like this the person in the question to just it's kind of it's kind of good but i think it doesn't long term it's not good but i distract myself by going on social media so if i'm having a bit of a panic attack about, you know, my mom hasn't messaged me or I haven't heard from my husband. Um, I will just go on social media to distract myself. And that can help calm me down in the moment, but I think long term, I need to probably deal with why I'm having these kind of irrational panic attacks. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's an interesting coping mechanism that I think a lot of us use.
0: Yeah, for sure. Social media has its fair share of negative attributes. Seeing everyone we know seemingly always doing amazing things can make us feel inadequate. Social media can also become a form of avoidance. Sometimes I spend my evenings stress scrolling through all my apps to avoid whatever it is I'm not ready to think about or feel. It never actually works, but I do it, often. Like everything else, social media is best when consumed in moderation. In moderation, we can find the beauty that exists between the socially mediated lines. The place where many of us find our people, our friends, our community. Yeah, so I guess I want to talk a bit about like Ramona Magazine, because I feel like when you first approached, like interviewed me, I guess it must be like, three years ago or something you know it was still starting out you were I think you was, it was just you and Sophie who were running it and now I just looked at your page and there's like 19 people in your in your staff working on it and yeah I'm just curious like how it all evolved and how like where you feel like it's going
1: it's interesting because um It does, it has grown, but it's also still, it does look just like everything in social media. It looks like really professional, but there's so many like behind the scenes messy, messiness. (laughs) Um, So we are fully volunteer because it's really hard to make money out of um, magazine, especially online magazine. And, you know, we did a few print editions, which was really fun, but um, that definitely doesn't make money. And we were doing crowdfunding for that, which is more of a passion project. And I really enjoyed that, but I think we're going to we're not going to do them anymore or we'll do a little like a different kind of version of that but it has in in the way that it has grown in a really beautiful way is the community so it may be tricky to keep you know going and trying to make money which you know eventually be nice to be able to pay a few people but i think it's more about the community that we've created especially on instagram and that's one of the things that i really love about instagram is that you do have an instant community um and we've got people from Uh, Iran, there's, like, quite a big following from there. We've got a lot of followers from India, um, America. So it's really fun for me to, like, meet these people online from overseas. Like, I've I've met you or e-meet you. Um, (laughs) And that creates a sense of – I feel like for me as well, because I've always had anxiety, but when I was growing up, it wasn't really talked about. So I thought I was – literally thought I was the only one. And then Instagram came and there's all these beautiful – like, your beautiful – Um, drawings and just suddenly my world exploded and I was like, oh, this is quite normal. A lot of people go through anxiety and they have exactly the same fears as me. So with the Ramona community, we get a lot of messages like that um, from girls and young women who are like, I didn't know that anyone else felt this way or I didn't realize anyone else's body looked that way and we share these photos of what you know a vast range of normal looks like. So yeah, that's the the most rewarding thing for me about doing Ramona is having this beautiful community um, and yeah, the rest of it, like it, it's, the website is great and I love reading the articles and I think that that, I would like to kind of expand that and get more because again, we've got that instant gratification so we don't get as many clicks on our articles as we do with like Instagram so we have quite a big Instagram following but we don't get that following translate, doesn't translate over to our website so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of – it's interesting how it's kind of evolved and changed and um, how there's still stuff that I want to work on, which is always the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's something really powerful about sharing stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like as a teenager is when you kind of start – like I don't know if this reader uh, – she was talking about school, um, or the person who, who wrote in, so I feel like she probably is a teenager, but I feel like that's when you really start to feel a lot of emotions that you think might be – just your own and you start worrying that it's just you. And um, so I feel I feel like, yeah, having these kind of beautiful communities that you can connect with. And that's what I've done with my Instagram. I've, I've really made sure the people I follow are really empowering and positive and real, and that makes me feel a lot better. So even though I do spend way too much time on Instagram, <laughs> um, the people I'm following, like I'm not looking through heaps of, you know, um, the perfect body and all this you know, celebrity stuff. So I don't, I don't come away feeling bad. Um, I come away feeling quite nice. I mean, I feel bad because I've probably been on it for way too long. But <laughs> I, I really enjoy coming away from um, Instagram after seeing all these, like, you know, art like yours, and you know, bodies of all shapes and sizes. And you know, mother, I've started following a lot of mothers and a lot of, um, you know, journeys of that, and that's been really interesting and eye opening because everyone's got a different take but it does seem again it's a universal thing like we all i didn't like you know realize how i mean we all know that you don't sleep but how much that really affects you (laughs) and um yeah so the connectedness is so yeah it's so beautiful
0: have we been tricked into wanting the wrong things and if we have if the things we want are not the things we really want how do we make the distinctions How can we learn to listen to our true desires more accurately? How do we separate ourselves from the expectations of the world we live in without completely isolating ourselves from everyone around us? Like, for me, what I would say to this person is like, you know, even if everything is perfect, there's, like you said before, like, there's always going to be so many emotions, and you're going to have good days and bad days, and, and it's also, I think, if you are, if you are in a place where you feel like you have everything, but you're still unhappy, I think it's worth maybe then, like, sitting down and asking yourself, like, is this what I really want, or is this what I've been, like, tricked into thinking I want? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I feel like there's, on the days that she is happy and then if she then feels sad on, you know, a similar day, if there's no formula. So I think <clears throat> what I kind of get tricked into is, oh, well, I was really happy that day, I'll do that again. But it's not going to work every time. You're not going to have like a formula to being happy. Um, and I would say, I don't know if this person journaled, but give yourself, if you're feeling sad and kind of anxious about feeling sad, uh, give yourself a month or two, without putting any pressure on yourself to feel better and just start writing in your journal and sitting with yourself and seeing, like you said, is this what I really want? But no, like I think often we um, think we've got to fix something straight away. So like, oh, am I happy in this relationship? I need to know by tomorrow or I'll break up with this person. But I think sitting in it, as long as you're in a safe and you know healthy relationship, sitting in it for a month or two without, and then kind of knowing that that's like, Okay, I don't have to do anything straight away, but I've got I'll revisit this in a month and see how I feel. You you kind of can let go a little bit. Um and that's what I'd suggest just giving yourself a timeline of timeline of I'll revisit this and see if I'm still feeling sad, still feeling anxious in a couple of months and just journaling and sitting with yourself and maybe meditating. I know it's all kind of very silly things that everyone says, you know, journal, meditate, but <laughs> I think being with yourself is really important because we often forget forget about that. We just, mm-hmm. you know, are constantly doing things and or even just going for a walk in nature can be a really nice thing to kind of process your emotions and go for a walk without listening to a music or a podcast. Just really, which is really hard. I find that really hard. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that's important. So, yeah, that's what I would suggest. And I think also for this person to know that they're not alone. That you know, I'm you know, I've got a beautiful family and I've got I'm doing things that I love in my career and I'm still always like wanting what's next. Like, you know, I'll be happier when my daughter's able to talk more or I'll be happier when I have my second kid and we've got a real big family. So um, you're always gonna be and you've got to maybe catch yourself out doing that and just pull yourself back and really be in the moment and try and find um, little pockets of joy, even if you're feeling sad.
0: I always feel like I'm not achieving enough or I'm not doing enough. My career is not enough or whatever. And then last year I sat down at the end of the year and made a list of like everything I had accomplished in that year. And then I realized like, oh, I actually did a lot in one year. Yeah. (laughs) And that was really nice um, to sit down and just like acknowledge that and just for a second, be proud of myself that I had worked so hard because I'm usually always just like telling myself that I'm not doing enough and I'm really mean to myself. Um, Yep, I know that. (laughs) And and like to touch back on what you were saying before about like sometimes just taking a break and not doing something productive. I think in this world, and I think especially with social media and living in capitalism, where you always have to be productive and like being successful, it's really important to take a break from that and to just um, do something that's just good for your mental health. That's not, you're not doing anything productive. You're not working. You're just resting, like taking a walk or, and I think that's why meditation is becoming more and more popular because it's forcing people to just stop for 15 minutes or half an hour and just like breathe, which we don't do enough. I
1: know that's, it's so true. It's like, yeah, can we just sit and breathe, which is what we're, you know, made to do. But, um, yeah, there is that thing that even I, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like I want everything I do to be able to go towards being productive. So if I, even if I think of meditating, I'm like maybe I'll set up my space really cute and then I'll take a photo and put it on social media. Mm-hmm. It's like why can't I just like just relax <laughs> and just do it for me? Or even with, um, you know, playing piano, I struggle to just play for the joy of playing. I always am thinking, well, what can this lead to? Um, instead of just sitting and being like, I'm just playing this for me right now. Um, So yeah, there is like, I think it's, and that takes practice. I think it's not just going to happen. You're not just going to suddenly be this Zen master who's fine with, you know, not being productive, but um, starting, and I need to do this as well. So I'm going to take my own advice, but starting like even just 10 minutes every day, sit down and breathe or journal, or do something that's not productive, productive in um, third of commons. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm really bad at it. I'm, like, the worst person to be giving this advice. <laughs> but but it's true, and I do realize on the days that I just, like, stop and take a break, it does me so much good. And then, like, the, the, the flip side is that it, then, after that, the next day, you will be more productive because you're more rested or, you know, exactly. for anything creative. Like, you have to stop sometimes and let, like, the creativity, like, flow back in. You can't always be just, like producing stuff yeah because yeah. um, that's when all the bad art comes out <laughs> when like you're just trying <laughs> to be productive it's, it's bad does,
1: yeah it doesn't work you've got to have a break um and i think with this question or this um comment um because we don't know if she's creative but we're always trying to be productive um and so maybe even just give yourself a day each week where you don't have to be productive like you can get your homework done or whatever but don't try and do anything extra just just have a day where you're like this is my non-productive day um, where I just be with myself like date yourself
0: yes that's really important too and that's something that we spoke about in another episode with another guest too of just like learning to be kind to yourself and spend time with yourself and yeah take yourself on dates and do things that like just you want to do where you're not thinking about what the other person wants to do what anyone else wants to do just like do something nice for yourself I mean not all the time but like once in a while it's really important to do that because it also forces you to think about like what do you actually want to do in this moment where you're not thinking of anyone else
1: yes and that's that's another important thing because sometimes we we get caught up with um with what everyone else wants and also seeing what we should want we forget what we actually want because it is about you know, respecting all emotions and they're there for a reason. So it's okay to be sad as long as, you know, you're not sad constantly and just let yourself be sad. Sometimes I think that's, that's what I would, my
0: final thought. Yeah. I love how you say that, like that all the emotions are there for a reason. Cause so often yeah. we're just trying to like block certain ones and it's true that yeah. we have to feel them. And yeah, sadness is a really important one. I mean, Most of my best work comes out of my moments of sadness, and I think, yeah, it's good to honor it. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay not to be productive sometimes. It's okay to stay home, sleep more, do kind things for ourselves. Learning to properly care for ourselves isn't selfish. It's part of the process of learning how to be more caring to everyone else. It opens us up to being cared for by others. It's not simple. It's not a perfect science. It's not something solved with platitudes and memes, or even by listening to a podcast. But it's worth trying, as a first step. To learn more about Ramona Mag for Girls, the online platform for girls, women, and non-binary folk, visit ramonamag.com or at ramonaforgirls on Instagram. Freya is also currently creating unique and collaborative portraits and artwork that you can find at thecinnamonsociety.com or at Society on Instagram. She is currently selling prints to raise funds for the Australian bushfire relief. Rebelliously Tiny was written, produced, and edited by me, Ambivalently Yours, and co-produced and co-written by Hannah McCasland. The music is by Greg Barkley. This episode was recorded in the field and at Obero Artist Run Center in Montreal, with technical support from Stéphane Claude. A special thanks to the entire team at Obero for their kindness and support. To learn more about my work and this podcast, please visit ambivalentlyyours.com. Or follow us on social media at RebelliouslyTiny on Instagram and Facebook, at RebelliousTiny on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit an anonymous question of your own, please send us an email at rebelliouslytiny at gmail.com or email us an audio recording of your question. You can also DM us on any of our social media accounts. If you would like to support our podcast, please share it with your friends and subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to make a financial contribution, please email us at rebelliouslytiny@gmail.com. gmail.com. This season is entirely listener-supported, and we are eternally grateful to everyone who shared and contributed to our Kickstarter campaign in the fall of 2017. Thank you.